Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 4th, 2018. This is it. The, the first week of the 2018 NFL season. We're really excited here at Fantasy Football Mastermind. My name is Michael Nazarak. I am the host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Of course, Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very experienced fantasy player and good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, very well. Sorry I'm a little bit croaky. I just finished my uh, local auction about uh, an hour ago, and we were obviously talking for running the auction as well as participating in it. So I was talking for about three and a half, four hours. So sorry if I sound a little poor tonight. Well, you sound good to me, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's at that, that time of year when you're doing all these drafts, and, and uh, we finally get to set starting lineups this week. The game is going to start in two nights from now. This is Tuesday night. We've gone back to our regular Tuesday night schedule, 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, 8 p.m. Pacific, same bat time, same bat channel every week, all the way through week 16 of the coming NFL season. I can't wait to get the games actually underway so we can talk about performances and all. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we've got a few issues we want to talk about in terms of NFL news. And the first thing everyone wants to know is when is Le'Veon Bell going to show up? Is he going to sign and play with the Pittsburgh Steers? Is he going to start? Is he going to play this week against Cleveland? This time last year he yelled out, but then he reported the, the Sunday before uh, the season began and uh, struggled a little bit, only saw 10 carries for 30-some-odd yards against Cleveland, and they're playing Cleveland again this week. And now Mike Tomlin was asked this question, and he said, hey, uh, you know, I feel, we feel comfortable with James Conner, uh, you know, starting if he has to. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we, I can only talk about the players that are here. We, we hope that Le'Veon Bell shows up. And then he was asked, did he talk to him this week? And he said, no. So the practices begin in earnest tomorrow. Uh, they practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then they have a walkthrough on Saturday, and the game is on Sunday. So the question is on everybody's mind, if you're drafting early in your fantasy draft and say you have the number two, three, or four pick, number one is Todd Gurley, then what do you do? Uh, Chris, in your mind, would you take Le'Veon Bell? Let's, let's assume it's a PPR. That makes it even a tougher decision. Do you take Le'Veon Bell? Do you go with David Johnson, Zeke Elliott? Or, heaven forbid, if you're drafting fourth or fifth, do you uh, go with Alvin Kamara, uh, Saquon Barkley, or, or Antonio Bryant? What's your feel? Well, I, I, I hope that you're not in the fourth spot <clears throat> because uh, <clears throat> excuse me, because then you're, you're more than likely going to be stuck with that choice because I think the first three are going to be uh, David, you know, I know Gurley, David Johnson, and Ezekiel Elliott in no particular order, probably that order. Then you've got to decide, do you take the risk on Bell or do you go Antonio Brown or one of those other guys, like you said, and... I think you still have to take that risk of taking Bell uh, at number four, and you just probably have to take James Conner maybe as many as three to four rounds higher than he would otherwise go just because 
everyone's going to be aware that he's going to probably or quite likely get the start and some action right off the bat. So uh, I, I think maybe you might have to take Connor as early as the 10th round because you'll be drafting you know, late in the 10th round or maybe the early 11th round just to make sure you get him. Yep. I can tell you right now that the uh, prevailing thoughts in the FFPC, the high-stakes uh, fantasy event that uh, we're going to be drafting in uh, 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 later this week, uh, my co-manager, uh, Dr. Gil Bavar, uh, also writes for the site too, but also he's going to be uh, drafting alongside me with a different team and a satellite tomorrow night, and it's going to be very interesting because he's got the three-pick and i got the four-pick. So when we – and believe it or not, we had the same pick two nights ago on Sunday night – in a $150 satellite. This is a 250 tomorrow night. And uh, Bell went two in that league. And the guy didn't get James Conner as his handcuff. He, he went to somebody else in the 15th round. Personally, I would have drafted him a little bit earlier to make sure I had the handcuff. But, but uh, Gill ended up with David Johnson in the three-hole, and I ended up with Zeke Elliott in the four-hole. But tomorrow night, we're going to be uh, watching very closely to see if Bell shows. If he shows, then you know I think he's, he might go two. Or three, uh, Gil might take him at three, and you know if he's there, then I'll probably take him at four if he's still there. But if he's not, then uh, you know uh, James Conner's not going to last to the fifteenth round. I mean, uh, like you say, I, I think uh, um, we saw some information tonight, early tonight, about drafts that are happening right now, and we don't have any information about when James Conner's going. But Le'Veon Bell starting to slip as far as late as the sixth pick overall. Good or bad, you know, it is what it is. I can't imagine Le'Veon Bell not showing up and signing his contract because it's going to cost him 850000 Now, what's interesting about this, too, is that if he shows up too late in the week, the Steelers might just end up punting, keeping him on the exemption list. He's going to get a two, they're going to get a two-week exemption whenever he shows up. Uh, and if he's not on the active roster for that week, he loses that money for that week. So the Steelers might – he thinks he's punishing the Steelers, but he might just be punishing himself out of 850 k maybe even $1.7 million by not uh, showing up promptly and sitting the first two weeks, and it's a James Conner show. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're going to be – everyone's sitting on the edge of their seat over the next 24, 48, 72 hours. And, of course, we have our big main event draft Friday night, and we're drafting in a two-hole – and Gil and I were already talking about this, and you know we were planning on taking Levy and Bell. But I tell you, you know, Friday night comes, he's not in, not in, not in uh, with the team and not signed. We're taking David Johnson number two, assuming girl he goes one. But it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Twenty-four, forty-eight hours uh, for for Levy and Bell fans, fantasy fans. Uh, let's get right to the next point here because we've already talked about this for almost seven minutes. Anyway, uh, the one piece of good news at a running back position here. Uh, Buffalo Bills' LaShawn McCoy won't be put on the commissioner's exempt list, so that means he's going to be uh, draftable, or he's going to be playing, so he's going to be draftable. Of course, he's, he's pushing 30 years old here. Uh, so, and, and, of course, the, the quarterback situation, Nathan Peterman is going to be starting at least week one. So in your mind, Chris, does this really hurt LaShawn McCoy? When do you consider taking him? Do you want him as a two, or do you, you, you wait till a three, or, or, or you just punt on it and, and let somebody else worry about him? Well, if you're going to wait and try and get him as a three, you're probably not going to get him because somebody will take him in the fourth round as, as their number two quarterback. If you take two receivers in your first three picks and you're picking somewhere maybe in the in – the, well, really anywhere in the fourth round, you're probably considering McCoy as your number two, and that's probably okay. I mean, he's going to really suffer with some really bad matchups right out of the gate, plus that team is really in a little bit of disarray right now. But all the legal stuff is the least of anyone's concern. I, I just think the schedule and his offensive line and Nathan Peterman are his biggest problems right now. Yeah, I agree with you there. There's no way he's going to last to somebody's number three. 
I think in most cases people are going to consider him as a number two. Maybe even the people that go to zero running back theory and draft a couple of wide receivers and maybe a tight end and like the, say the FFPC where it's a point and a half per catch for tight end, you might actually see somebody take him as a number one in the fourth or fifth round if you're drafting uh, late in the fourth, early in the fifth. Uh, so I have not drafted him in uh, any league except I think we – did we, t- we take him in one league? We took him in one league, didn't we? Yeah, as a number two, and that's what we had done. We had taken two receivers high. Yep, and what was that? Was that the Fanex fad? I believe it was. Yeah, and that was uh, what mid early July. <laughs> that was a long yeah. time ago. So I think it was actually b- b- before uh, the news broke about uh, you know his legal issues or whatever with his former girlfriend. So anyway, uh, that's that's why I really don't like to draft those early drafts early. And you know, uh, I know that you and I were talking about this that Fanex might actually push the fad out later into maybe in early August, and I I think that that's a good idea. Anyway, moving on over to another a guy that, that people have been talking about recently and over in your neck of the woods, Andrew Luck. Uh, he's going to start and play this week, of course, uh, but he's still got, you know, recovering of the, the shoulder and such. Uh, didn't really test it out a lot in preseason, a lot of dinking and dunking here. Uh, would you consider Luck as your number one quarterback, or do you want to take him as a backup or, 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 not, or not take him at all? What, what's your point on what's your feelings on Luck right now? I mean, I think I would prefer to take him as a backup, but I have no problem taking him as, as in the back end of the number one. Uh, not because of the shoulder. I, I really think the shoulder's fine. It's been a non-issue so far in camp. The dinking and dunking is more a factor of the new offense that Frank Reich has installed to keep him protected so he's not standing behind the line for too long. So he's, he may not put up great fantasy stats from long balls and touchdowns and such like he did early in his career, but he's going to probably nickel and dime the hell out of some teams, especially with the lack of a real running game there. They'll use the short dump-offs and the screens as, as running plays. And so he might, from sheer volume of those dinks and dunks, add up to some decent numbers going down the road. And certainly in the red zone, he's, he's an accurate threat. So I, I think he'd be an okay low-end number one and a great number two. And this week he's got a great matchup. So. Yep. So uh, I've got him on a couple of teams, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, obviously. I uh, hope that he does well this week. Um, one more uh, person to talk about before we get to the injury list real quick. Josh Gordon, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's begun practicing. He's got that hamstring issue. Uh, they kind of bring him along uh, slowly this week. Of course, if, you know, we'll see what he does later in the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But uh, head coach Hugh Jackson's already said that uh, Gordon is not going to start this week, that Antonio Callaway is going to start, but uh, opposite uh, Jarvis Landry there. But Gordon's going to play. So if you've got Gordon on your team and say you draft him as a two or a three and you've got to start three wide receivers, are you sitting Gordon this week or are you starting him? I'm probably starting him because he was probably drafted as a low number two if you are risky, or more than likely he was drafted as a number three, so you probably don't have a better option. And I'm sure the Steelers remember that he dropped 115 yards on him in week 17 last time they played him, and he wasn't exactly at full strength or with a decent quarterback then either. So I don't have any problem starting him as a, as a high-reward uh, number three guy because uh, I, I think he's going to play and he's going to play a fair amount. Uh, regardless of what he's done practice-wise so far. So I, I don't have any problem starting him as a three with a potential high payoff for him. Yeah, I think I'd start him too. And uh, I seem to remember, of course, uh, when Tyrod Taylor was with Buffalo and Sammy Watkins was still there, those guys hooked up when Watkins was healthy for big scores, and it kind of reminds me of that type of big play talent there. So anyway, let's get right to the injuries. Uh, for this week, uh, Carson Wentz with a knee is not going to play on Thursday night uh, against the Falcons. Nick Foles gets a start there. They hope, excuse me, that Wentz will be ready and good to go for next week. 
Uh, Tyrod Taylor with the finger, he's expected to start. We'll see if he makes it through the rest of the week's practices, but uh, that should be good to go there. Uh, and running back Saquon Barkley's already been asked, is he ready for a full work- workload? And he said yes, coming off that hamstring tweak from a couple weeks ago. <coughs> Excuse me, he looks good to go. J.J. is practicing in fully today and practice on Tuesday with a foot injury. That's a minor thing. He's expected to play and then likely start on Thursday night. Rex Burkhead, uh, really an undisclosed type thing, but he's expected to practice later this week. Uh, he's expected to play this week, too. Uh, Sonny Michelle with a knee. Uh, we're limited uh, earlier in, in the week here, so it's going to see how he progresses, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does not play. Uh, Michelle owners, uh, you got a talent there, but uh, it might be a week or two before he actually – see some action and helps out his fantasy hunters there. Matt Bryder with a shoulder in 49ers. He practiced on money. He's expected to play this week alongside Alfred Morris, a new starter there with Jerry McKinnon lost for the season with a torn ACL. Marlon Mack uh, was absent uh, from practice on Monday. We'll see if he returns to the field tomorrow. If he doesn't the rest of this week, then it looks like Jordan Wilkins, Nyheim Himes will carry the load at least until Robert Turbin comes back in week five. Um, but I think it's going to be an RBBC between the three. Mack uh, Wilkins and Hines. Uh, Antonio Brown, some good news there. Uh, he practiced on Monday. He's expected to play this week with a lower bat body issue. We'll see exactly what that is uh, when the injury report officially comes out tomorrow, first thing. Uh, teammate James Washington with the abdomen, his uh, status is uncertain, so you want to uh, sit him on your bench and see how he fits into that offense. Doug Baldwin with the knee in Seattle, expected to play this week, although he says he's 80-85% healthy. You start him if you own him. Josh Gordon, of course, with the hamstring, already mentioned him. He was limited in practice officially on Monday. We'll see if he does later this week. If he progresses, then I would start him if I own him. Will Fuller with the hamstrings day-to-day. We'll see what he does later this week. Hopefully he'll play. Uh, they play the Patriots. That can be burned through the air there. Uh, Deshaun Watson is just itching to throw that long ball, and Fuller's going to be a target along with Hopkins. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, the shoulder, sat on Monday. He's not expected to play this Thursday. He might sit at least two games or more. So if you got him, sit him. Devontae Parker with a finger. He's uh, progressing. He's still listed as week-to-week. Status isn't certain. We'll see if he can catch footballs finally at the end of this week, and that might determine whether he's going to play or not. Tyra Williams with a minor foot injury for the Chargers. Uh, practice on Monday looks good to go. Jermaine Curse has an abdomen issue. His status is uncertain. We'll see what he does later in the week. You might have to sit him there if you're in a deep league and need uh, to start him. You might have to look somebody else. A tight end, Evan Ingram with a concussion, expected to play for the Giants. Good news there. Delaney Walker with a toe, expects to play this week. He's very confident, so it looks like he's good to go. George Kittle with a shoulder, practice on Monday. He's expected to play too. Hayden Hurst, the rookie with a foot injury for the Baltimore Ravens, expected to miss one or two weeks at least, so you want to sit him there. Vance McDonald with first good report there. He's expected to practice tomorrow, and we'll see what he does later in the week, determine whether he's going to be able to play or not. They're very short-handed there with Grimble and the other tight end being hurt too. Jesse James. Uh, Luke Wilson with a knee is very uncertain for Detroit, so I wouldn't count on him. We'll see what he does the rest of this week. And Jermaine Gresson with the Achilles was activated on Sunday and practiced on Monday. He's expected to play. That's going to hurt the fantasy sleeper value of Ricky Seals-Jones there for Arizona. So uh, anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. 
Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay. Uh, we're back. We also want to, of course, uh, urge everyone to check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Still a lot of good free stuff there. We're still pumping out the free NFL Quick Bits on a daily basis there. And free uh, in-season eye-in-the-sky scanning reports, including reports from Chris Rito on the Colts uh, coming up this week. They're going to be uh, added to the site as we get them from our scouts uh, through Friday night. Uh, also, we just did final updates to our Masters List customizable cheat sheets, barring a change uh, with uh, Levian Bell if he doesn't show up. We have to do a massive change with the Pittsburgh running backs, but hopefully he'll show up tomorrow or, or whenever and sign and uh, and play. The MCP board, uh, our Mastermind Championship Projections board, has been updated along with our PDF cheat sheets. A seven-page set is only nine ninety-five there. And our Executive Draft Master, which is our drafting software tool, that includes auction drafts. It's only fourteen ninety-five on the site. Uh, worth every penny, in, in my opinion, and several other people's opinions, too. And the final version 7 of our preseason draft guide has been released, 625 pages, 30-plus articles in it. Uh, the price is $18.95. Our premium summer rates, uh, as we close down summer here, Pro Bowl package is $47.95. That's the guide, all the updates, the latest cheat sheets and such, customizable uh, online uh, cheat sheets as well, uh, is $47.95. And if you include the EDM, Executive Draft Master software, it's $57.95 Super Bowl package. Our weekly, daily fantasy newsletters includes premium injury quick bits. All of our quick bits that are injury-related have gone premium for the benefits of our customers. Any kind of big injury information, we email our customers or subscribers and let them know and give them instant fantasy analysis. And, of course, we've already been working on the first parts of the newsletter. Uh, Sunday Night Waiver Wire uh, covered about 40 players uh, that you might want to consider picking up before the games begin. And, of course, uh, uh, in addition to the market feature, that I talked about 14 key uh, team situation, running back RBBCs, uh, unclear situations to kind of give some clarity in that regard. Uh, the weekly newsletter is 35.95, and we have a, uh, a special uh, Mastermind Edge podcast $6 discount code. The code is EDGE6. That's E-D-G-E, the number six. It's a $17, uh, 17% discount. $6 makes your final cost just $29.95 if you want to try us out for the entire season. It's a weekly newsletter for all 17 weeks with daily releases every single day. We just never stop working until uh, Christmas, <laughs> after Christmas. And so, anyway, also follow me on Twitter, at FFMastermind. And let's get to the first week's picks to click of the season for week one. These are guys you might want to click and put on your starting lineup or flick off your starting lineup, but keep on your roster. Uh, it's a brand-new season, so you don't want to throw away good players just because maybe they're not playing this week, like maybe Carson Wentz. But anyway, let's get right to it. Uh, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, and why? Um, I'm not a big fan of Kirk Cousins this year, but I am a big fan of him this week. I think the 49ers' pass defense really wasn't very good last year, and it's even younger and been revamped. I think they're going to be a little cautious treating Dalvin Cook as, with a heavy workload, so I can see them using the aerial attack more in the opener to get Cousins in sync with the receivers. 
Niners also allowed the most quarterback rushing scores last year, and, and Cousins has run in four each of the last two years, so maybe that's a good sign there. Another guy I like this week for the matchup is Blake Bortles. Uh, no one hemorrhaged fantasy quarterback points like the Giants did last year. Uh, they allowed the second most yards and the most touchdowns, and very quietly they had a solid run defense as well, only allowing eight rushing scores, so maybe the reliance on Fournette in the red zone might be a little lower than usual, and Blake Bortles might get a few touchdowns. Okay. Uh, well, uh, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Andy Dalton, Cincinnati. They're, they're playing your Colts, uh, Chris, and uh, I think that defense is still a little bit leaky, more than a little bit leaky. So I think multiple touchdowns there by Andy Dalton. So if you're in a bigger league and you've got him and uh, maybe your other quarterback's Carson Wentz, then don't worry about it. Just stick in Andy Dalton. I think he'll get the job done for you this week. Uh, Phil Rivers uh, in uh, not San Diego anymore, LA. Uh, the Chargers, uh, he plays the uh, Chiefs at home, and I think with his targets around him now, he's got Antonio Gates, although he may not play this week. But Mike Williams pick up the slack. you got uh, Tyrell Williams. you got Travis Benjamin and, of course, Keenan Allen there. And Melvin Gordon catch, uh, catch the passes. In fact, they said they're going to involve him even more in the passing game. So that's even better for Rivers. I think uh, the Chiefs defense can be burned uh, by the long ball, and I think that's going to happen. So I like Rivers this week. A couple of guys I don't like this week, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tampa Bay. I know he's uh, uh, you know forced into the starting job there, and he'll do an adequate job. But down in uh, New Orleans on the road against an improved Saints defense, I don't see much more than maybe a, a touchdown there happening. So I'd be very worried about starting him at the start of the season. Hopefully you have a better option. And Patrick Mahomes, I think he's going to get off to a semi-tough start on the road against the quality Chargers defense. Uh, you know, he may, may make a, a few plays here or there, especially with Tyreek Hill and all, but a big game on the road and uh, start the season, uh, start his uh, season as a full-time starter there. I think you're asking for a little bit too much, and I'd be worried about that situation. Give me a couple of uh, quarterbacks that you're not crazy about and why, Chris. It's hard to get excited about Jimmy Garoppolo starting on the road against that Vikings defense, especially without Jarek McKinnon, who was slated to be the centerpiece of that offense. Um, the Vikings also gave up a league-low 12 passing touchdowns last year, only one in their last five games, and none at home after October. So, boy, that's going to be a tough call for to really like Jimmy this week. And then the, I don't really like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, his road struggles are well-documented, but his struggles against the hometown team are, are really shocking when one considers how bad the Browns have been. In 13 career games in Cleveland, he's averaging only 222 yards per game and has been under 230 yards in nine of those 13. I think A.B. coming off the injury, Bell coming off the holdout, Vance McDonald's injury, none of these are going to help him either. I think I'd be really concerned about playing Ben Roethlisberger this week. Okay. Uh, what about a couple of running backs you like and why? A surprising one in that same game. I'm really high on Carlos Hyde this week. Uh, the Steelers gave up the fifth most rushing touchdowns last year, despite allowing the eighth fewest rushing attempts overall. So the Steelers' D has also shown its weakest link to be running up the gut so far this year, even though they're not really that weak, but that's the, the weakest link. And then I look at the motivation factor, the Ohio native and the Ohio State star, Carlos Hyde, playing his first game ever as a pro in the state of Ohio. I think he's going to be called upon to pound the rock a bit to keep Pittsburgh back on their heels. And then another guy I like, a little sneakier play, is James White. Sony Michelle's not 100%. Burkhead's not 100%. Edelman's out. I suspect Brady's is going to use his only reliable short outlet to keep that, that fierce Texans pass rush at bay, and he's going to attack their over-aggressiveness by dumping it to White quickly. I think he could be a really nice PPR flex this week. Okay, I like him too. Uh, a couple of running backs I like this week. Alex Collins, Baltimore, the new centerpiece there in the running game. Uh, came on real late last year. He secured the starting job there. And Buck Allen's going to be the pass-catching back. But Collins might even catch some passes here. But it's an, an easy start here at home against the uh, the Bills defense. 
uh, very beatable, uh, good option there if you got Collins. Uh, Joe Mixon, Cincinnati, uh, well, well, here it is against the Colts again. Uh, the run defense not the best in the world, far from it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of up and down on Mixon, hasn't shown much in the preseason and all, uh, hasn't shown really that much in his career, but now he's got the full-time job to him. I know that Giovanni Bernard is going to see some action here and there, but I think Joe's going to get the start here, and I think he's going to score on the Colts, so you got him, start him. Uh, with confidence. A couple of guys I'm uh, not high on, of course, this week. Marlon Mack for Indianapolis with that hamstring. Did not practice earlier in the week. Not getting good vibes regarding him playing at all this week. So be uh, aware of that. Watch the injury report. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's ruled out by the end of the week. Uh, and Alfred Moore, San Francisco, of course, you know, the new starter there should have some good games, but this week won't be one of them because he's playing on the road against the Vikings, probably the toughest run defense in the league. And, and uh, Matt Bright is probably going to see most of the pass catching opportunities there, too. So Alfred Morris might be lucky to run for 40, 50, 60 yards, uh, probably not score. And, uh, you know, in a non PPR or even in a PPR, you're talking four, five, six points, not, not good. Um, what about a couple of running backs that uh, you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? A lot of people are liking Jamal Williams because while he's holding this job for the short period of time, but I really don't like him this week. Um, the Bears' defense was actually decent against the run last year, but I look back historically what Green Bay has done against Chicago in Lambeau. Last seven games Aaron Rodgers played, he's thrown 21 passing touchdowns, and there's only been one rushing score. Rodgers just loves lighting up the Bears at Lambeau. I can't see them using the run very much, so really low probability of a score there. And then we mentioned him earlier, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, there's a lot of reasons not to like McCoy all year. Oh, but by the way, he's facing a top-notch run defense in, in the Ravens this week. He's also been stuffed in three of his last four season openers, including just two years ago, 2016, at Baltimore. So a lot of history and a lot of reasons to really hate LaShawn McCoy this week. Okay. Uh, what about wide receivers? Who do you like and why? Uh, a good DFS play I like this week is Mike Wallace. I like big play guys for the home team in that kickoff game on Thursday when the emotions are riding high. These are the guys that seem to explode a lot, and he's probably going to be getting the start for the injured Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I can see him getting single coverage as they focus on the intermediate game of Aguilar and Ertz. Uh, I look at Walt's interesting history note. Wallace has also scored a touchdown in the season opener in every even-numbered year for the last seven seasons. So, hey, it's 2018. Why not? <laughs> and then uh, another wow, guy like what a stat. <laughs> another guy like for the matchup is Allen Robinson. I think the Packers allowed the most wide receiver touchdowns last year, especially to number one targets for their for their opponents. And this could be a fairly high scoring game. I think the veteran Robinson is going to get a young secondary to exploit, and I suspect the Bears did not pay him a lot of dough to be a decoy. So A Rob's got a lot to prove this year, and I think he's going to try and make a statement in Week One. I hope uh, from your mouth to God's ears there, because I got Robinson in a couple of leagues, and you know we we hope good things there, health and production. Uh, a couple of wide receivers I like this week: John Brown and Baltimore uh, coming off really really good vibes in the preseason, uh, making one-handed catches for touchdowns and such. I think he's healthy and he's ready to produce against the Bills at home. Uh, I think he scores in this game. And AJ Green, Cincinnati, it's a th- trend, right? If you got the Bengals uh, key starters, start them against the Colts. I think he lights it up on them with a big long one there. So uh, it should be off to a good start for A.J. Green. A couple of wide receivers I'm not crazy about. Kelvin Benjamin of Buffalo. Peterman to Benjamin for six against the Ravens? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I would sit him. Uh, Josh Dotson for Washington. Uh, not against Patrick Peterson in Arizona. Uh, not this week. So it should be interesting also to see, to learn, if uh, if Jameson Crowder really is the number one there in Washington uh, with new uh, quarterback Alex Smith and to see what uh, Jordan Reed does in that game, too. They need both those guys to stay healthy, and we'll see what happens. I sit Doxon this week. Um, for uh, Let's see. 
I think that that means we're at your wide receivers that you're not crazy about, right, Chris? That is correct. Uh, Amari Cooper is the first one that comes to mind. Six career games against Denver. He's never topped 56 yards. He's averaged 26 yards per game in his career. And he's had chances with lots of targets. I think you've got to stick him in your lineup. The history does not favor him here. Another star that you've probably got to put in your lineup no matter what is T.Y. Hilton. But Luck tends not to use his primary target in opening games. And Hilton has never scored a touchdown or topped 88 yards in an opening game despite heavy targeting. And I'm sure he's going to see double coverage, which he does not succeed against. He's also got a poor history in three career games against Cincinnati. Twice he's been under three points in PPR. So this is just a recipe for disappointment here. Wow. Uh, okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Well, I'll stay with your theme of play, picking the Bengals, but I'm going to like Tyler Eifert here. You know, you're going to play him before he gets hurt and he's out for the year. He's opening in a great matchup against the Colts team that has been <laughs> poor against the tight end for years and has one of the most underwhelming and inexperienced linebacker cores in the league. So it's going to be ugly, I think, in the air. And then uh, another sneaky one is Austin Safarian Jenkins. You know, until they prove otherwise, you continue to stream your tight end by simply picking the guy that's facing the Giants. They gave up a ludicrous 13 tight end touchdowns last year, and the defense looks pretty similar this year. Yep. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Oh, what's not to like with Zach Ertz? I think Foles is going to go to him a lot at home against the Falcons, especially with Alshon Jeffrey out in that game. Uh, he's on automatic start there. Jordan Reed with Washington. I just got a gut feeling that he's going to be targeted heavy against the Cardinals in this game, and Al Smith's going to use him while he's healthy, like you say. So if you got him and you draft him as a starter, then go ahead and plug him in and see what happens there. A couple of uh, tight ends that I'm not crazy about. George Kittle, uh, San Francisco, he's not 100%, coming off the shoulder injury. And the Vikings defense won't help there. I'd be careful about that situation. And any of the New York Jet tight ends, uh, the, the rookie Herndon, uh, anyone else, uh, ASJ is no longer there. So wait for a player to merge and then consider him. But you sit those Jet tight ends this week. Um, what about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? don't really like Cameron Brait this week. Very few teams cover the tight end as well as the Saints did last year amongst the leaders in fewest targets, receptions, everything. And then in addition, Ryan Fitzpatrick clearly meshed with O.J. Howard when he played last year and forgot about Brait, so his share of the tight end love could be down for a few weeks. He's in total prove-it mode for me until Winston gets back under center. And then a guy that I think a lot of people are getting excited about in drafts this week is Antonio Gates, but the only thing this Chiefs defense stopped well last year was the tight end. So I think he's going to be a solid player in non-PPR leagues going forward, but even if he is crystal clear on the offense right now, and in a bromance with Philip Rivers, he surely won't see enough targets to merit a start this week if he plays. Okay, let's hit the one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. These are guys that normally might not think about starting, but they have a really good matchup. Hit me with them, Chris. Hey, one is, uh, hey, Randy Bullock, Cincinnati. But it's not just because the, the, the Colts stink on defense. It's just a few teams give up as many field goal attempts and, and PATs as this Colts team. They've done it for years. He had four field goals in his preseason game last week against Indy. So the guy that nobody's probably ever heard of is Jason Sanders of Miami. Rookie gets to make his debut in a great matchup. Tennessee allowed more field goals than anyone, and amazingly, they allowed more field goals on the road than half of the league did all season. So that's a good recipe for some good field goals there. A couple of defenses I like. I like Arizona against Washington. They've looked stifling in the preseason. They could be. Uh, they have a tough road opener crossing the country. I like Detroit at home on Monday night, a rookie quarterback on Monday night football making his first start on the road against Matt Patricia. Sounds pretty dangerous. And then I also kind of like New Orleans hosting Tampa. Uh, Tampa's reeling. The Saints' young, aggressive D plays way better at home. So any of those three you could probably pick up late in your draft or off the waiver wire and, and do pretty well with. 
Okay, well, we want to thank everybody for joining us this preseason. We're entering another official NFL regular season. We couldn't be happier or more excited about it. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazrak. For see you all next week when we preview week two of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone still drafting out there. The games are about to begin. The NFL is back. Woohoo! You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.